Welcome everyone to Faces and Feels. It is like 6.30am, so this is an early morning podcast from me, an attempt to stay on schedule and stay on track and keep putting out content. Um, I, I've got a bunch of like wrestling and stuff that I'm behind on, I've still got like two matches to watch from Power Struggle. Watched all the start of World Tag League. Um, uh, watched past the Survivor Series. My life's all over the place wrestling-wise, um, mainly due to the intervention and visit of one man, my father, Dave Houston. Um, <laughs> he, with pretty short notice, announced uh, that he was going to drive to Perth, where we live, and pay us a visit on uh, last Friday. Um, normally Fridays are my IDO and that's kind of when I get this show done. I kind of do it in the mornings, uh, then, but I've got like the whole day and that's when I knock it out. But what it did lead to doing was having a great day with, you know, my, my father, somebody I don't see very often. Um, the thing to know about Dave is he's a true bush ranger, um, unlike me. Uh, and I don't mean he wears a big metal helmet. I just mean that that he's a man of the land. Like, this is a guy who immigrated here when he was 10 years old from Scotland uh, with his parents. Um, he he didn't have easy going of it and stuff when he first started, you know, teeth for his little accent and, and all these things and always fighting and always getting into trouble and figuring it all out. But what that ended up carving out was like a true ochre of a man, like a, a true crocodile dundee, if you will. Um, he, yeah, he's just like the most Australian, most capable person I know. And so when he says, I'm going to drive 10 hours, I'll just leave at midnight and I'll see you at your place in the morning, I know he's not messing around and he'll be there when he says. So... I reshuffled everything and the plan was he's going to come in and and we're just going to hang out for the day and he's going to stay the night and have dinner with me and my wife and then he's going to ride off into the sunset in the morning kind of thing. So um, so he arrives and um, a little bit later than he wanted, he had to do some naps and stuff. It's a pretty rough road from uh, there to here. He said himself, he's like, Look, I love you guys, but I'm never going to do that again. <laughs> it's like, well, that, that's fair enough. Um, but we had a great day. Like, he he was exhausted and stuff, but it was just us. I had an idea of, of like showing him some some wrestling. Like when we when I when I got into wrestling, it was with him. You know, uh, I think I've told the story on earlier podcasts, but. I'm not even really sure of like how the order happened, but I saw like a wrestling magazine in school. I think that that's kind of my first exposure. I don't even remember how I got it. Did it, maybe a kid had it in school or maybe, maybe there was a cousin or a family friend. I seem to have like a, a memory of a family friend that like 
had a ton of the tapes and, and magazines and things like that and going for a random visit. Maybe they gave it to me. Either way, I remember reading it at school and I remember like flicking through this magazine and, and turning to a page that was like a full um, a full page spread of just like the ultimate warrior standing there. And I was just like, who the fuck is this dude? And... Uh, and then, like, flipping through that, I, th- I think I read that cover to cover. I wonder... It's so funny when you remember this stuff. I also remember swapping, like, a paint pen for a magazine. Or maybe I swapped the magazine for the paint pen. And that's how come I don't have it anymore. Hmm. Either way, how it came and went out of my life is irrelevant. But that was my first exposure to professional wrestling, seeing Hulk, see, seeing Ultimate Warrior. Um, and I, I asked my dad, I was like, when, when we, back in the day in Australia, I don't know if it was a thing in any other country, uh, we used to have a thing called five weeklies for $5. So you'd go to your local video store where they would rent VHS tapes. They eventually became DVD stores. Um, but you could spend five dollars and you could rent out five weekly movies so to get a new release movie it'd be something like seven dollars but uh, and to get a weekly movie on its own maybe two or three but if you got out a whole bunch if you got out five you got them for a dollar each and i remember saying to my dad i was like can we get this wrestling tape because while we were looking around there i saw the cover for wrestlemania 9 which is the caesar's palace one um and I remember, and he was like, yeah, sure, whatever. I used to like that. You know, he didn't really know much about it. He sort of knew what it was and stuff. But renting out that tape created something that he and I would do together pretty regularly, you know. Uh, he always wanted me to be a bit more, you know, outdoorsy than I was. And I did used to do stuff with him and I did scouts and stuff, but it was never really like a passion of mine like like it is of his. Um but it, it created like a real cool bond for us, you know, and for me to grow up with that within where, you know, the new the new pay-per-view would come out, we'd have the video, video store know that we'd want it, so they would put it aside and then we'd rent it out and we'd get out, uh, we'd go get some takeaway or something, something like a Hungry Jack's, Burger King to other countries. Um, and, yeah, we would, we'd just watch these shows and that led to the Legion of Doom, that led to The Undertaker. Obviously, it was a big part of that WrestleMania 9. That led to Stone Cold and The Rock. Um, and it led to, like, my basically entire high school life. That was, like, uh, a fixture, you know, for for us uh, together. Um, he, does, he doesn't watch it anymore. I'm not there to make him or to organise it or anything like that, and he is terrible at phones uh, and and internet and all those kind of things. But he does enjoy watching it. So my thought was like, I could do a pretty fun episode. I'll show him some stuff he's never seen before, and I'll get his reaction. Maybe I'll even get him on the podcast, and I was going to call it Watching Death Matches with My Dad. Um, it's probably still what I'll call this episode, but he's not going to be on it. I did ask him to be on it, He was very tired. You can imagine what driving 10 hours across, like, country roads is like, and he's not the youngest man anymore. And he was like, mate, I would would love to, and I really think we should do it, and I will do it with you, but 
not today. Like, I'm totally cooked. And I was like, that's fine. Maybe we'll just watch some fun stuff and we'll eat some food and hang out. And that's exactly what we did. So I chose a couple of matches uh, that I had enjoyed recently, but I went for a little bit more extreme stuff. So, And this is kind of what he thought, and I thought he summed it up quite nicely in his own way at the end. So I started... I. Thought I'll ease him into it, and I started with Pit Fighter X3, Nolan Edwards No Flinch Challenge. It was a match I really liked. I've been enjoying the Pit Fighter series. I just like a fight in a cage. I think it's pretty fun, and I felt like that was one of the better ones. Also, a really honourable mention to uh, Danny Demanto versus uh, Alex Ocean. I really liked that as well. I like the more story-driven ones, and I think for it's essentially like a deathmatch kind of promotion. ICW are doing like a great job telling stories and building characters and, and stuff. So Nolan Edwards, uh, No Flinch Challenge, uh, known as No Flinch Nolan Edwards. He had his debut like the, the previous pit fighter. And then this one is like he's going to face a mystery opponent. And so... Uh, it kind of has it starts with a little interview, which I did show my dad of Nolan like sitting at the front of his house or something uh, on the hood of a car, and just talking about what no flinch means to him. It was a nickname that was given to him because of like the way he takes hits and stuff. But he's kind of like that's how I approach everything in life. And then they're like, "Who do you think it's going to be?" And he's like, "I don't know, but just fuck me up. Like <laughs> if you don't fuck me up, then you've blown this opportunity." Basically, um, so he comes out, you know. Big claps, all good. And then the music hits for the person that's going to come in. Now, I didn't know the music just to hear it because I've only seen this guy like a couple of times in the past. Um, But when Dan Marf comes out, you're like, dude, this guy is a unit. I knew who he was, as I said, but like I hadn't really seen anything of his that had stood out. I sort of saw his retirement kind of thing at the first no holds barred or whatever it was and so i hadn't really seen much from him people are pretty excited and i am too at this point uh dad's like jesus christ this is a big dude and i'm like i know right and he's like he's gonna be fine that guy and i'm like yep and he's like oh fuck and so they told they told like a really cool story of like this young dude who wants to make his name by standing up to anybody and in comes this uh veteran of the locker room somebody who'd been with the company for a long time who left to go to ring of honor and make money but due to pandemics and things like that he had returned but in the time that he'd been away pit fighter x was born and it's a completely different beast to what he'd known before but it turns out the beast that was born is perfect for this dude um and man what a what a match with like so many great spots in it and and such a great thing. So he's, uh, of course, it's really just a fest of Dan Marv absolutely like tossing Nolan around and, and doing stuff. He's throwing him through doors. He's slinging him from the side of the cage to the other cage. At one point, he uh, overhead presses him and throws him over the cage to the outside through barbed wire doors uh, on chairs. He uh, walks up to the wall and he 
slaps the wall, then picks you up and throws him into the wall, which led to a really uh, funny call by Ron Neeby where he's like, he would have done him a favour if he threw three just to the right. He went out the fucking window and then turned it around and just after that... Uh, Dad Muff discovers a window and then throws him out the window. And it did look like a small fall either. It kind of looked sort of high. Um, yeah, and background uh, into the cage. Um, this whole time, Dan, Ma- Dan Muff and Dan Muff, oh, that's how I say, pants. Um, pants, pants. Dan, Dan. Um, uh, he's like really working the crowd and being quite entertaining and. And very uh, like very showboaty, and I was really enjoying his antics. Um, gets him back in, and Nolan's still trying to come for him, sort of thing. And it, and he says he's like, wait, 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 wait. And he gets all the crowd to quiet down and stuff. And he's like, you need to understand. He's like, all these people respect you. I respect you, and you need to stop now. Otherwise, I'm gonna have to fuck you up. And Nolan's like. You're going to have to fuck me up, Dan, and just slaps him in the face. Then he grabs him with a, a tosses him, and, and he makes a, a bit of a comeback and stuff, but it ends with Dan, like, just destroying a table over him until it's basically cardboard and, like, uh, burning, hammering him through a guardrail that just disintegrates and, and winning. And then a very nice speech by Danny at the end where he kind of welcomes him back and sort of gives him a bit of shit. Um, Dad enjoyed quite a few of these spots. It's just like, holy shit, you know, and having a big yell and stuff like that. Um, And at the end, I was like, what did you think? And he was like, no stone cold in the rock. (laughs) And I was like, yeah, well, obviously they're not stone cold in the rock. It's a very different medium. But did you enjoy, like, the pit fighter aspect of it? He's like... Eh, it's okay. I, I think I kind of prefer a ring, you know? And I'm like, all right then, old man. I got something for you. So then I cranked up GCW's uh, The New Face of War 2019 and uh, I queued it up to Jun Kasai versus G-Raver. I'm like, all right, you want a ring, you old bastard? Let's see how you go with this. So they come out, Jun Kasai, G Raver, both pretty individual looking dudes. Hang on, a sip of coffee. It is six thirty. It's decaffeine if you're listening to this. I've had this thing where like if I'm drinking too much caffeine, it's giving me headaches. So I'm trying not to drink real coffee where I can. And I thought Amy would be calling me a hypocrite if uh, <laughs> she heard me drinking coffee. But it is decaf because I can't do without the flavour, but I can do without the headaches. Uh, doesn't help the energy, but whatever. Um, and so, yeah, he, and that was, that was a really fun one for me to show him because it's at Shankiba First Ring, which we've been to. So I'm, like, telling my dad about how we got there, you know, how it took us, you know, couple of hours by train, this one day we went and we walked like an hour to get there, like along like all the bridges and stuff. Um, I'm telling him about how it's a warehouse district when you walk up, all the wrestlers are selling their gimmicks at tables and there's a food truck and they're selling, you know, beers and strongs out of an esky and then you go in and then they, you know, 
take you to your seat. And I'm like, I sat on that seat right there, just to the right of the entrance and stuff like that. And so he's really enjoying that and kind of getting a picture, you know, of Japan. He's ne- never been. I don't. He's, I don't think he's had done, literally done any international travel. I don't think he wants to do any international travel either. He likes Australia. He likes just being in dirt and brush and camping and stuff. Um, but, yeah, so he's enjoying that and um, telling him all about it. And then they come out and, you know, he's like, oh, he's pretty full-on looking dude, like with G-Raver. And then Jun Kasai comes out and he sees how the fans are responding to him and stuff and he's missing teeth and all that. He's like, and the scars. And he's like, what the hell is this? And then he notices the ropes, and he's like, what are all those poles hanging on the ropes? And I'm like, well, Dad, those are light tubes. And he's like, what? And I'm like, he's like, why? And I'm like, you're going to see. And he's like, oh, no. <laughs> then the match started, and he had a good time with it, man. Like the When that first light tube, like he popped, man. He was like, oh, wow, okay. And then like through some of the parts when – you know, big smashes into multiple light tubes. G-Raver swanton bombing uh, onto the stage, like onto Junkasai and and light tubes, the knife board spot and stuff like that. And at this point, he's like kind of loosened his mind because it's pretty crazy. This is like the first time he's ever seen anything like this. He's seen hardcore matches and, you know, we used to like them like back in, WWF and stuff, but this is pretty different stuff. And he had a good time with it, man. And yeah, like I say, he enjoyed the stories of Japan and he enjoyed learning about these guys and hearing the stories about like all the scars and the time we walked out of um of Jesus Karakun Hall. My God, it's so early. Um Karakun Hall and like the big Japan deathmatch champion is is there just covered in blood signing autographs and, you know, all that stuff. It's just completely crazy to him, but he kind of loves it, you know. Um, and he had a good time with it and everything like that. And and so it finishes and I'm like, so what did you think there? Which one did you prefer? And he's like, oh, I'd say, I'd say that one, like the the real deathmatch one like with the light chips and stuff. I go, would you watch stuff like that again? And he was like, yeah, absolutely. That was really fun. And I'm like, try to get whatever info I can out of him. So, you know, he's pretty tired and maybe it's a good idea he didn't get on this podcast. But <laughs> but, but I'm like, but in the end, you know, what's your total opinion? He's like, yeah, they're still not Stone Cold in the rocks. <laughs> there you go. That's my dad's review of Deathmatch Wrestling. They're not Stone Cold in the rock. But he had a great time. I hope one day I can take him to one like live in real life. I hope this COVID bullshit goes away. Uh, and I hope I can share those moments with him in real life because I'd love to get him to some real wrestling shows. He's never seen it like real in real life, you know. This was a thing that was like big in our life for years. It's still really big in my life. He knows it is. He'd love to do it. But where we're from, Geraldton, that's not a thing, you know. Um and yeah, he's always been working so much, and you know, it's a, it's not easy to get here and and stuff like that. So, I hope at some point I can take him to the, some live wrestling, be it an international touring thing, be it like local guys like EPW here in Perth. Um, yeah, 
I just hope I can live that memory with him before it's not too late, you know. Um, but it was a great day. After the death matches, we did go on and I showed him uh, Kota Ibushi and Tai Chi from the G1 Climax, uh, the big kicking match and stuff, which was interesting to to see him watch because he's like, these blokes just going to keep kicking each other or what? <laughs> and I'm like... That looks like where where it's going, Dad. But by the end of it, like their selling and stuff is so good in that match. He's like, man, these dudes need to stop. And I'm like, I know, right? So he had a good time. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to put out a quick episode. I wanted to share that with people. It's nice to think about these moments that we have with, you know, something that we love, like a, a hobby or a sport like pro wrestling. And, you know, sharing it with the people we love and, you know, the the moments and laughter and good times that can come with that. So thanks, everybody, for listening. Just a quick one this week. Uh, I will be back with Travis soon. It was just his birthday the other day, so happy birthday, Travis. Uh, I've got a little surprise uh, in the works for him, but he's not going to know what it is until I send it to him. So I would have prepared it earlier, but I didn't know it was going to be his birthday until it was his birthday. So there you go. Sorry, mate. That's what you get for... Winning at the G1, you bastard. Thank you, everybody. This has been Faces and Feels. And remember, it's all about peace, love, and pro wrestling. Peace out.